Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast. I am here, Nate, in case you were wondering. You should know that by now. We're here with Jimbo, who's also here every week, so you should know that by now. And we are talking about a number of topics today. number of topics. We've got spring surprises. So guys that we think have uh, popped up in spring as a surprise and we're excited about their performance, whether it's maybe a prospect that is blowing up or maybe it's a former prospect that has been dejected for a while and we're really down on him and now we're really high on him. Shout out Brewers, shout out Kesson Hira. And uh, from there, we will go to the MLB Top 100 and we will talk about that. Uh, a couple names on there that I'm sure we both want to talk about. And then after that, we are going to end the podcast with a third segment, and that will be guys that we just kind of find interesting right now. Um, doesn't have to be a dude performing well in spring training. Doesn't have to be a prospect on the top 100 list. Just any other random guy in baseball that fits into that criteria, that doesn't fit into the first two criteria, we will talk about in the third segment. So, first and foremost, Jimbo, welcome. What's up, everyone? Excited to be here as always. I'm all pumped, Jack, for baseball. So, all right, Jimbo, be honest with us. How much spring training baseball have you watched in like the last like two weeks? And have you done any work? I'm going to be just watch spring training baseball. I am going to be completely honest with you. 20 that's all I've watched. I haven't watched a single. I watched maybe, you know, half of the second half of the Kentucky basketball game. Um, but literally not, that's all I have replays watching replays over and over. Absolutely loving it, dude. It, it's it, yeah. I can't get enough. It's, it's a wonderful time of the year. Of course, Jimbo is missing out on Gonzaga. Number one, Gonzaga losing yesterday. Number one, Arizona in March madness losing yesterday. Kansas playing today. They're the only one seed left. So everyone cross your fingers. Kansas needs a big win. I need to be happy. Um, but in Vegas right now, so I put a bet down on Providence, $20 bet on Providence, so that if Kansas wins, I'm happy, don't care about the $20. If Kansas loses, I make like 34 bucks. So, works out, and that's our, ba- that's our basketball talk for the day. I'm just saying, Jimbo, you're missing out. You're missing out. Spring training is great, but you're missing out on March Madness right now, so... Okay. At least, at least keep an eye, keep an eye on those uh, Kansas Jayhawks as they march towards the championship this year, even though they're not a very good team. Um, with that being said, Jimbo, do you have a story for us today? I know we did not talk about it before the podcast, so if you don't have a story, that is okay. It keeps bre- it keeps breaking up on me. So I did hear story time, right? That's right. Story time. All right. Story time. All right. Yeah, I, I got a story here. Uh, now, you know, that now that we're talking about March Madness and honestly, we didn't talk about this before. So this is actually this is me just putting it together here. Um, back in 2014, when I was with the Tigers, we were playing the Cardinals down in uh, I forget where uh, Ju- Jupiter, uh, which was like an hour and a half or so from Lakeland. And I remember shout out Lakeland. My brother used to live about 30 minutes from there. Nice. Nice. I used to live there as well. Great. Great. Great little city. Uh, Ray Lewis is from there. Fun fact. But Ray Lewis. Yeah. Hey, real quick, real quick. (laughs) Weird Ray Lewis thing. But I had a buddy that I worked with in Eau Claire whose buddy's sister dated Ray Lewis. And I think they maybe got engaged, but I don't think they're married. But he was like 40 and she was like 23. So. Hmm. But that's the that's the that's the fun fact. That's my small. Con- yeah. I'm like, what, five degrees separation from Ray Lewis, kind of. <laughs> awesome. Well, I remember he he came in through a first pitch once. And I was like, is that Ray Lewis? Everyone's like, yeah, he's from here. And I was like, oh, cool. I wanted to tackle him, but I also wanted to stay alive, so uh, I didn't. I one last Ray Lewis story. One last Ray Lewis story. Oh, I was no. watching a, a video the other day, one of those like mic'd up videos of Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. Yeah. Running across the middle and trying to put a blindside block on Ray Lewis. And Ray didn't see him and still ran over him. 
And it was just so funny hearing Chad Johnson after that, like talking on the sidelines, like I thought I could, I thought I could get him cause he didn't see me coming. It's like, that was the worst moment of my life. <laughs> yeah. I have, I remember that meme or not meme, but the video that's hilarious. So good. Anyways. Yeah. We digress story time. Story time. So, okay. We're down, we're down in Jupiter. We're playing the Cardinals. Uh, Max Scherzer uh, was, he was starting that day and he loved, like he is so competitive no matter what it is. It could be literally anything. This dude is like the most, one of the most competitive people I ever met. And he was putting together a March madness bracket for the, uh, for the entire team organization. Uh, Cause during spring training, as you know, it, it, it overlaps. So he made like made this giant board and I helped him out with it. It was a ton of fun. We made it up uh, and, and had it all, all out. Um, but anyways, we were at, he, it was like maybe 45 minutes before this, you know, before Max is about to start. And I have my iPad out and I'm looking, I don't know what I'm doing. And I have my laptop and my iPad out doing something. He's like, dude, can I borrow that? I gotta, I gotta do some March madness research. So I kid you not him and Matt, Max and I are sitting there just w- looking up stats, watching games, all this, like reading stuff 45 minutes before he's about to pitch. We did it probably like up to the last, next fit, you know, up to the 15 minutes before he goes out and throws this dude. I don't like, you know, he did his warm ups and all that, but didn't nothing else besides, I swear his mind was just straight March madness. He goes out and I don't know. And I didn't check these stats uh, to be correct, but cause I didn't know, I, I forgot we were going to do a story time and I wasn't planning to do this one, but I I'm pretty sure he went out like did absolutely dominant, probably struck out five, maybe gave up a hit or two, maybe a run, whatever. But anyways, he was extremely dominant. And I remember me sitting there. I'm like, dude, this dude literally just went out there, picked up a baseball and just threw in a major league spring training. And, you know, obviously it's still spring training, but he, he would do this kind of stuff during the regular season. And I remember sitting there like, dude, this dude's different. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember when, when he won his Cy Young, or I think he probably won a couple. Well, he won multiple. But dude, he won one in the American League, one in the National League. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. He, right, or yeah, did he, he win two with one the one Nationals? Did he win one with the Tigers, or did he win two with the Nationals? I can't remember. I think he won two. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Actually, faulty memory. We had so many Cy Young guys that, like, during that time period, that I, I got lost track. But at the end of the day, I just thought it was hilarious how we were sitting there on my iPad looking up stuff, and then he goes out and just throws. Unbelievable. So um, that's my story of the day. Max Scherzer loves anything competitive. I love that. And- um, uh, here you go. He, number one, he's won three. He won one, 28 years old in Detroit, 214 innings, 290 ERA. 21 wins, of course. The wins are 2013s, about kind of around the time where they're starting to not take wins into the consideration, but they probably still did 21 and three. And then he won a Cy Young in 2016, 228 innings, 296 ERA. And he won a Cy Young in 2017, 200 innings, 2.51 ERA. In 2018, he went 220 innings with a 2.53 ERA and got second. Maybe that was that Grinky's year? 18? Yeah. Was that Jacob DeGrom? I can't remember. Probably DeGrom. I suppose I could I suppose I could click on this. One of those years, you know, Grinky, didn't he uh have like a one six three ERA? I don't know. Yeah, yeah DeGrom. DeGrom. Yeah. That was so. when but yeah, that was my story. And it so that must that was a year at him coming off of his uh first Scion. But so, stuff like that, like I I guess I didn't like I never really, you know comprehended very well because you you know these guys are kind of they're just human like just normal people too they just happen to be really good at baseball Mm -hmm. but now that i've been out of it for a while and i see it and i'm just like now that i'm getting older because i was pretty young then i think i was like 20 something years old then and uh it's just crazy like now that i'm getting to their age i'm like i couldn't even imagine doing that (laughs) uh but good stuff Me, me neither me neither it's like my Every time I throw a baseball, my shoulder, my elbow still hurt from misuse in high school. And I can't even imagine. And I mean, I haven't I haven't thrown a baseball like every day for like 10 years. Yeah. And now 
and now or nine years. And uh, then you go out every once in a while and throw a baseball. And it's like, yeah, I got about five minutes in me. And then my shoulder starts hurting or my elbow starts hurting. And it's like, yeah, done. These guys, Max Scherzer, that was, that was way back then, you know, and uh, 2013, we're almost talking 10 years. And he's 37 now, still pitching. Still throwing gas, too. And making $40 million a year or something like that. Like, it's insane. Yeah. But this could be a nice little segment going into spring training pitchers because I have a few uh, few players, you know, for our spring surprises. Mm-hmm. I have a pitcher that I am very, very uh, – was very just blown away by was I've always been high on Cade Cavelli with the Nationals, young kid, first-rounder, 2020. Mm-hmm. This dude looks – he is on point. I don't – and I'm not a big – I don't even look at stats really for spring training because they're so irrelevant. They're basically as a, as relevant as mine. Did, did you know that um, – I think it is – I think it's baseball reference. I think it's baseball reference. They give sp- spring training stats, and then they give opponent quality at the end. And a 10 is MLB, an 8 is AAA, a 7 is AA, and then they'll give a score. So, like, I'm looking at Reed Detmeyer's right now just as a as a first name I could come up with, and he's faced 7.6 quality, which is somewhere between AA and AAA quality opponents. Yeah. So, like, there is something to be said about, like, spring training stats don't really mean much, but – Maybe if you find that rare guy where it's like he's only had at bats against MLB quality pitching. But you got to also realize those hitters are still warming up for the season as well. So even if they're, even if it's, you know, prime Elder Pujols, he could be going up there and, and not even. Um, Which is, it, that's important because you're right. Pitchers are always ahead of hitters. So I do think it's a little bit more important for. hitters in this case so so like what i what i look for like when i'm going through watching screen training looking at players that i write down name wise i'm looking for watching the game and seeing what what they're working on what they're throwing like i don't care if they give up five runs if they're working on their slide or their change of whatever great great example last year uh i was watching the brewers and freddie peralta was throwing always Mm -hmm. loved freddie peralta he has you know a live he's got a live arm throws gas but working on his secondary pitches and I, and I remember watching that and my buddy, I helped my bro, my buddy do a fantasy draft for baseball and they did pitchers uh, for, for their fantasy draft. And he's like, dude, it was a keeper league for three. And he was like, I need some pitchers. Jimbo help me out. Last pick Freddie Peralta. I picked okay. him Corbin Burns, but I like, I look for the guys in spring training. Don't like the stats. I might look through the stats just to remind me, Oh, I should go watch replays of them. But really, I'm looking at what they're working on because uh, a lot of these guys will go out there and literally throw pitches that they never throw ever mm-hmm. just because they know their stats don't care or don't matter, and they're just working on it. So that is – if you're watching spring training, that is the thing. Turn on the games, watch, and see how dominant they really are. And I'm telling you, you can find diamonds in the rough because pitching is – I'm telling you, with pitching, you could have – uh, a, you know, a pitcher had their pitch just feeling amazing the year before coming to spring training, they lost it because it's all feel it's all, you know, it's a, it's a feel sport where you have to feel it. It doesn't matter how talented you are. They could have lost it or they could have gained it. So yeah. that's what I look for. And I love that. And I, I appreciate that you bring that up because like Corbin Burns gave up five runs in his first start in spring training. Yeah. How many people care? Zero. Unless, unless you are somebody that, you know, you're kind of a, 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 you're a Brewers fan, but you don't pay a ton of attention. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, didn't he want Cy Young? And now he's giving up five runs in his first game back. Oh no, oh no. But these guys, I mean, some, some of these guys come out and throw like 70% of working on their changeup. They throw their changeup like 70% of the time, you know? And it's like, if it's not a good pitch, Mm -hmm. it's going to get rocked, but they're working on it because just doesn't matter. They just need to get in their innings and they need to get their command for certain pitches down. Right. Yeah. So I, exactly. I appreciate that you bring that up. I guess my point on the, um, the quality of pitch, uh, the quality of opponent is probably better suited towards hitters. 
yes. Hitter comes out yeah, and surprises you. And then you see, and then you can go look at the quality of opponent. You're like, all right, this is a major leaguer. He's bouncing back, facing good, um, facing, you know, major league spring training competition. Well, what's his actual competition he's facing? Oh, double A, and he's a major leaguer. I, do I really believe in it? Who knows? But there is something to be said about the fact that usually pitchers are way ahead of hitters. So if mm-hmm. a hitter comes out in the first week of the season hot, um, I am usually pretty excited about that. I am pretty excited Me too. about that. And, yeah. but I don't think we actually ever finished. You were talking about your pick, your pitcher, and we never actually finished it. Yeah. So, I don't so think, he, so you want to move back? Yeah. So, Kate Cavelli, he, he threw three innings, six, uh, struck out six out of 10, but he, Man, he was feel like I was watching. He was feeling it, and he was one that's already on my list. Where hey, go watch, go see what he's throwing. Um, so he was one, and I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna breeze through. I got I got a couple here. I'm just gonna do a little cliff notes on it because I know we got a lot of stuff to cover, and and I'm excited because there's a lot of good names right now. Reed Detmers is kind of in that same that same uh, category. Mm-hmm. Young guy, first rounder, high talent. Wanted to see how he comes out and throws this spring on what his pitches are looking like, how he's feeling. He looks phenomenal. And then a blast from the past, Hunter Green, who I've had so Ew. much hype coming out of the draft. He got hurt. And maybe, you know, a lot of the attention got off of him. But he looks, oh, my. He's got a live fastball. It, it looks tremendous. But playing in Reds Stadium always is, like, is in the back of my mind. Um, but he's one that I like as well. And then going back to the stat-wise, so C.J. Abrams, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm glad you bring this up. Yeah, black, black and white on on this with CJ Abrams hits two home runs, doing great in the spring. But one of them, he one of his bombs, pinch hit ninth inning bomb. I don't know who he was facing. He was facing the Brewers. It was wind assisted. It was wind assisted, and yeah. the fan kind of reached over the wall to grab it. Exactly, so. and that's that is why I love baseball because. I love stats. I am an analytical guy all day long. I'm really nerdy in that, but I also am such a huge believer in watching the games, watching at bats, watching pitching, all of that, because it tells the story of the, of the player more than, you know, stats, stats to me just tells me how, what to go look for, like who to go look at. Mm-hmm. And then, then I look at, and then I make my opinion. So CJ Abrams, I like what he's doing. I think he's getting a little more hype than he should because of the Tatis injury. And then, you know, the home runs, nah, but I like it for the card wise. You know, I don't want to go too deep in that, but with card wise, you can make the money on the hype. And I got one more. My problem real quick, just on CJ Abrams. My problem was, I like CJ Abrams. In fact, I was going to, I was trying to buy a Bowman Chrome Sapphire gold number to 15 VGS 95 earlier this year. Uh, and then it went a little bit higher than I was comfortable with. It ended up at like 9.15. Would have been a great buy anyways at 9.15 at this point because you're probably you're probably doubling up right now on that card. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I like C.J. Abrams. I like him a lot. He does have the two home runs. One of them, not a home run usually. I do question if he's actually growing into power or if it's just luck at this point. But there is some shenanigans some shenanigans going on in this market of his mm-hmm. where I was looking at, I saw refractors, you know, some of these refractors were being bidded up to like 80 bucks. Raw? And then, yeah. And then, uh, and I don't know if they ever got paid for it, but there was ones that were under that price buy it now. And which is insane because I had, I, found multiple CJ Abram refractories in the dollar bins at the show. $91 is the one I was looking for. March 22nd, 91 bucks, 10 bids. And then you have multiple after that, that go for $45 or less. And I actually found a bunch of these in the, uh, in the dollar bins in, at the national. And then I, I think I sold them for like 15, you know, oh. um, it was one of those things where I was, I pulled these cards. I had Riley greens. I had, Oh, CJ Abrams. I had uh, Adley Rushman, Joe Adele, like all these guys. So 
I, I, I was like, I could keep these. I bought every dollar thing for a hundred bucks and I ended up flipping it all for basically like $1,400. And that got me my CJ, my not CJ Abrams. That got me my Aaron Ashby super fractor auto for 400. I didn't go into the national with any money. And I walked out with some of my dollar cards still that I've sold since a CJ or a Aaron Ashby super fractor auto. And then a couple boxes I purchased, but anyways, I digress. This CJ Abrams, <laughs> there's comps for way less than this. And the this card got bitted up. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Uh, let's go look at the comps. How many zero feedback buyers are there going to be? The winner, 1,587. And so it probably got paid for. And the point I want to make is that it, th this isn't like somebody shilling something with zero feedback buyers. There's probably groups out here that are pushing up CJ Abrams artificially because of the Fernando Tatis. Like somebody, some one of these Discord groups or something is probably like, oh, go buy your CJ Abrams, whatever you can get your hands on. Let's push these prices up. So be very wary. Be very wary of this because if somebody with high feedback is willing to pay $91 for a CJ Abrams refractor, there's shenanigans going on. Yeah. But it's not it's not like they're not going to pay for it. You have too many reviews to not pay for that. To to uh, to play the other side, the positive side is don't all, don't discount the 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 excitement for baseball right now too though with with how Bowman I've, I've these Bowman prices these Bowman first autos and all this stuff they're going for higher amounts than I can ever remember. Like if you look at it at is like a couple year span, oh my gosh, some of these prices are. I, like there's players I want to go buy, but they're so expensive where it's like, man, this is crazy. So I agree. I agree. There is hype, but it's also, it's also just one of those things where, I mean, you can buy a first Bowman refractor PSA nine for 60 bucks right now. PSA nine already graded. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just that going for 91 rod. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, there's there's a hot market and then there's shenanigans and I think we're firmly in a hot market with shenanigans. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. But all right, conspiracy theories. Con conspiracy theories thrown out the door. I got one more guy. Mm -hmm. O'Neill Cruz. I don't know what his stats are. Son he of a gun. One that my I guy. wanted to watch. What's that? I said, son of a gun. You took my guy. Oh man, but he's we'll, one we'll, that we'll both talk about him. It's perfect. Yeah, like th there's so much excitement about him, and I've never really watched anything of him. So this spring training, I was like, I'm going to watch this kid. I want to see what all this is about. So I watched him. He was playing the Tigers, and I watched every game that he's played so far. One, I've seen a lot of good things, and I've seen a lot of bad things. He's definitely a guy that's going to be – that needs to work on pitch recognition. He's going to he's gonna swing and miss a lot. He's going to swing at a lot of balls. But the positive part, and this is where it's like, whoa. I saw him take a ball off his shoe top, hits it out on one knee. I'm like, like to do that is just impressive. I don't care if there was wind or not. The fact that he did that, I was like, okay, if he figures it out and he becomes a good overall hitter, which I'm not just saying that he's not, but he's definitely got things to work on. That was very impressive to me. And that was the one where I was like, Okay, let's keep him on the list and let's keep watching him and see how he progresses. So, yeah, I was, you actually brought up what I was going to bring up. His, both his home runs were on pitches out of the strike zone. Yes. That's insane power. And they weren't cheapies. They were mm -hmm. not cheapies. They were insane home runs. So it's like he's got a ton of power. Obviously, he is a six, seven, six, seven shortstop. So that makes sense. Um, that being said, that being said, I mean, I've seen some outrageous takes, outrageous takes about him. And it was a dude on our YouTube live stream that was talking about how, number one, O'Neill Cruz is his second overall prospect in baseball for him. No, thank you. And and his excuse is he knows sports. That was his that was his. Anytime you have to say you know sports about yourself, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Um, but O'Neill Cruz was number two prospect in baseball for him. And then, and then, 
he doubled up by saying that his top five under 25 players, O'Neill Cruz was on there. Oof. Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna were not. Okay. So let's throw out this guy's. That... And, and it, it's one of those things where it's like, you go, you're basically saying, by saying that, you're basically saying that if the Pirates offered O'Neill Cruz for Juan Soto straight up, they would take it. The, the, Nationals. The, uh, the Nationals would take it, right? That's basically what you're saying. That oh is gosh. not the case. You would get laughed off of the phone. You said if the Pirates called the Nationals and said O'Neill Cruz. You'd get laughed off the phone if the Pirates called the Nationals and said O'Neill Cruz plus Nico Gonzalez plus Quinn Priester plus, you know, Never. every prospect they have. Yeah, and so the the absurdity about the the hype, it's insane. That being said, six seven shortstops that can actually play shortstop or will stick at shortstop have literally never happened. The amount of power that this dude has out of shortstop to hit bad, bad pitches for home runs and good pitches for home runs, it's going to be insane. But let's let's cool it just a little bit. But I do like him. I am excited about him. And even if he doesn't stick at shortstop. He is going to, wherever he plays, he could be a star, right? If he's yeah. not at shortstop and he's he has, he has a ton of power, he could be a star at third base. If he's not at third base, he could be a star in right field. If he's not a star in right field, he could be a star in left field. Or he could be a star in center field because he has enough speed for it. He could be a star at first base. He could be a star at DH. Um, there's so many, so many situations where he could be amazing. The only position he probably won't play is like second. Mm-hmm. Probably way too big for second base. But everything else, mm-hmm. yeah. And and here's another thing that I that I always try and remind myself is, okay, you got a guy. I don't think he is someone that will ever hit above 300 as as what I see now. But let's say he's hits I don't know anywhere from 250 to 275. Let's say he puts up 25 to 35 home runs down the line. I'm saying you know for future because I'm looking at trying to find the ceiling. And let's say over, you know, let's say he's the guy in Pittsburgh. All right. What would his prices be if he hits that point? And what are you paying now for that to take the risk to go on that journey with him? Now, I'm not saying it, you, it, it's a good thing to buy or not to buy, but that's that's how I think when thinking about a player. And I want the people listening to be to kind of put that in perspective of, value wise for the player what you're buying and then what for the future so because in pittsburgh like i think of like an andrew mccutcheon yeah he was like an he was an absolute star there when he was there mvp just absolutely amazing anybody you look at his prices during that time and you look at his prices now think about if an andrew mccutcheon was coming up right now i remember selling like an andrew mccutcheon rookie tops auto uh that 2005 tops chrome card I i showed you for like a hundred bucks back in the day, which was huge money, you know, back in 2005, 2006, what would that, what would that card be worth now? And then seeing what it is, like what that, like if he was a prospect now and seeing what that card is worth now, you know what? I guess I'm not really explaining that very well, but uh, put it in that perspective. If if that makes any sense to anyone. (laughs) There we go. Hey, uh, not to toot my own horn, I'm about to. I'm about to toot my own horn in a big way. Monday, March 4th, 2019. Three years ago, 21 days. Nathan Rodabaugh published Prospect Profile, O'Neill Cruz. And if we go all the way to the bottom, Investment Outlook, I said here, I believe he could become a light version of Aaron Judge, given he advances his hit tool, if he adds weight and can stick at shortstop, he'll be an extremely valuable player and one of the top 25 prospects in baseball. If he has to move down the defensive spectrum, his price will go down accordingly. At around $40 a base auto, I think he has incredible room for growth. I would suggest grabbing a few and stash as his upside is off the charts. And honestly, that's that's what those are the guys that I like to go by are, are the O'Neill Cruises in 2019. So in my mind, it's like, okay, who is that now that no one's really talking about, but kind of talks about that could have that upside? You throw it in a box and let it marinate. Yeah. Resigns. 
I just like Resigns because he has absurd power and he plays in the Reds. But I don't actually, I don't actually believe in him nearly as much <laughs> as I believe in O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> yeah, but would you would you spend fifteen dollars on a, a Bowman first auto of him and maybe yeah. throw it in the box? Yeah, exactly. Throw it in a box and see what happens. Those are those are the like I'm not saying go out and buy the super fractor of these guys, but if you make your own little mutual fund, uh, the guys you believe in, throw it in a box, and I'm telling you, you can make easy money because. You know, if if you do it right and you sell at the right times, it's it's a pretty easy game. Case in point, case in point, and this was actually accidental. I'm going through a box of cards last year to just divvy up my cards, the ones that I want to sell, the ones that I want to keep, the ones that I'm going to be throwing into kids' packs at the National last year. And as I'm going through there, I'm finding Topps Chrome autos for my Topps Chrome Adventures in 2019 where I ripped a ton of boxes at the National and just got absolutely hammered at the time. No longer got hammered because I got good grades on my Vlad. I got all 10s on my Vlads, my Eloys, and my Tatises for every one that I hit. So, like, it paid for itself plus all the other cards I sold along, along the way. And I found a, I think it was Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez, did he tie the... Um, Did he did he tie like or one less the amount of strikeouts in a row to start a game or something? I think he had like eight strikeouts in a row to start a game or nine strikeouts mm -hmm. in a row to start a game last year. I didn't know that uh, for the for the Marlins. I don't remember if it was Pablo Lopez or not, but um, I find an auto of Marlins pitcher of a dude that just almost broke a record, and I find it the day he almost broke the record. I threw it up on eBay. I find a Patrick Wisdom auto. Patrick oh, Wisdom yeah. is hot because they trade like everyone away and he's their only good hitter now and he's hitting bombs. And these autos that I pulled in 2019 that were literally worth a dollar or less at the time, I got like 60 bucks for that day. I put them up, buy it now, it's decent prices, just as I was whatever, sell it with hype. And they got bought within like five minutes of me listing them both. And mm -hmm. so these dollar autos that if I would have sold back then for a dollar a piece, if that, if that I made 60 bucks for and like $2 back then that literally gets you nothing. $60 now, you know, you can get a nice card. You could get a video game. You can get uh, a date night. If you don't live somewhere super expensive, you can go on, on a date night or, you know, go to a movie or whatever. And all it took was me throwing them in a box and a little bit of luck. A little bit of luck. You know, if I'd gone through that box a month later, those cards are probably worth 20 bucks. But yeah, you get my point. And that's why I love baseball cards. The uh, like a lot of like football or basketball. I like those too. But the reason why I love baseball cards, there's so much depth in in cards. There's so many prospects that you can get so early where I don't sell guys where it's like, oh, if, if if I'm going to get uh, less than $10 for an auto Bowman first, I don't care who it is. I'm like, why do you even do that? Because worst case scenario, he could be out of the league or whatever and sell for five. Let's say I sell for five, you know, after. Yeah, somebody's you know, always relevant. So what I do is I put it in a box, let them marinate and make my own little mutual fund of that and go through it every so often. And that is the way to do it. But then also when I'm going out to go look through value boxes, I look for stuff like that color, you know, what's a color Bowman first Chrome or autos or anything, snag them up, put, take $20, buy a handful of players that you, you know, that you want to take a chance on, throw them in the box. You never know. And shout out mint collective Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's where we're at in Las Vegas. If you're coming out, uh, come say hi. Not to Jimbo, he won't be here, but I'm sure he'll be at the National and shows like that so you can see him, say hi, and uh, compliment him for his baseball knowledge. But uh, if you're in the Mint Collective, say hi, but I'm super excited because I'm going to go rating for these kind of under-the-radar guys that are starting to pop off a little bit and are probably super, super undervalued currently. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I should probably talk about, since you took O'Neal Cruz from me, boo, <laughs> Uh, I should talk about my one other guy, and this is a super homer pick here, but it's Keston here. Wait, you're wait, you're gonna take a homer pick? Yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> can you believe that? I would never. I would never. <laughs> Not Nathan Rodeby. He's he's never talking about Brewers. <laughs> um, but Keston, number one, 
quality of opponent quality during spring trainings, 8.3. Eight is triple A, 10 is MLB. We're a little bit between, you know, triple A and MLB talent, right? Quad four or quad A, quad four. <laughs> Same thing. Four, four talent. Quad A talent is what I meant, not quad four. That's ridiculous. But uh, he's come out early spring training and he has been killing it. 10 at bats, five hits, one double, two home runs, not cheapy home runs either, and a couple opposite way home runs, and the double was off the wall. Infield hit, showing off that speed, a walk, three strikeouts. Now, I get that we don't want to overreact to spring training stats. That's very fair. <laughs> but but <laughs> he changed up his swing. He's shortened his leg kick considerably, and it's unlocking something because he's hitting balls. He's hitting fastballs. He's hitting curveballs that he would have just swung through last year, middle of the season. He also has new hitting coaches. The Brewers fired their old hitting coach that tried to change up his swing completely from his college days. He was the number nine overall pick. He was the best college hitter in the draft. He mm -hmm. was amazing. And then Andy Haynes destroyed his swing, trying to get him to hit for more power instead of his line drive opposite way approach that he grew up with. He's back to that right now. He's shortened his leg kick. And then one major thing that I'm sure has some effect on his psyche last year, his mom was going through cancer the entire year. That cannot be easy as a son to be half a country away playing baseball with your mom going through cancer. Um, and so his mom is in remission, cancer-free right now. Awesome. He's switched up his leg kick. And uh, I think there's probably going to be a lot less stress on him. There's a DH spot, so he doesn't have to worry about trying to learn new positions because he's, he's just not a good second baseman, and it's just not worth playing him there. But if we can play him at DH or in left field, somewhere like that, I'm going to be huge. And so for me, Kesson here is one of those guys that's like, <clears throat> this is worth a gamble because he was a premium bat. Not a good bat. A premium bat. He was a top 10 prospect in all of baseball because his bat was amazing. And then the Brewers murdered his bat. But the talent is in there. The talent is really, really in there to be amazing. And I think he's going to start unlocking it again. And I believe in it so much that I went online and bought a black, a Topps rookie black, numbered to 67 for 100 bucks the other day off of ComC. Let's go, Nate. Because it's just like how – if, if, if he's dominant, I can't pass this up. You know, I'll, I'll look back. It was like $20 over the last comp. And I, I, I'll, I'd look back and say, and, you know, usually I'm trying to get it near the last comp, right? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this because instead of haggling, I don't want to look back, not buy this because I couldn't get it towards last comp. And then it's a $200 card in like two months because he's dominating and be like, well, why didn't I buy it for 100 you know? Mm -hmm. So I bought it. You got to think about the seller too. Like I'm, yeah, the old comp was before we saw what we see now. So the, that's how I always think about it too. When, when mm -hmm. the comp talk and so. Correct. And oh saying. man, there was so many nice Kestens. I saw tops heritage gold number to five BGS nine, five sold in January or February. $142. I'm just that's like, a good are you. Buy. That's a good buy in itself because people collect those sets. I try yeah. and tell people this all the time. Very popular sets. Heritage has such a strong following where even if, you know, Heston Kira doesn't become, you know, what we think he'll be, that that's still a huge card for the set because you need that to complete the gold set. Yeah. So if I'd seen that, I would have definitely bought it. Like that's like one of those cards where you do not see gold heritage is pop up. No. You see reds pop up of guys all the time. Red out of five of any guy or on yeah. or on Instagram pages. I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I see gold heritage cards pop up on Instagram pages or on eBay. Yeah. It's insane. Maybe that... it's because less people open heritage than like Bowman and stuff. So they just, you know, there's still gold sitting in boxes all over the place. But well, it's crazy. Here's a, so this is what I learned with breaking. I just did like three or four case breaks of the new heritage. There are, I'm telling you, there are like, it's a religion of uh, there's a few people out there that collect the sets. That's that's all they do. And they're usually I don't know how uh, 
how real this is, but I think they're like the older collectors where they collect the sets where they're not on social media, they're not selling, they're they're collecting because they love the set. That's why a lot of that supply gets eaten up for sets mm. like that. And I actually, real when I was breaking, I noticed that because there was like a few people in my chat that were just, they knew everything about heritage. Way like, hmm. I'm talking like everything you could think of, like knowing each, what each uh, player card, like what their number was on the back. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I started asking questions. I was like, now I got to go out and find some really nice heritage stuff because the long-term value, these guys, like there's some people that will never sell their, their collection. So hmm. who knows, like the That's supply circulating. Yeah. Yeah. You can find little sets like that, that are sneaky because of the true collectors eating up half the supply. And then there's just not, you know, just buying, buy and sell on the the demand and in the the lack of supply circulating sorry not to cut you off cool. i get excited hey no i love that helpful hints helpful hints is what we try to provide and i hope if there's one person that takes that and it's like all right there's people yeah. that love this set if i find anything super rare doesn't matter who it is especially if it's like a casting here a gold out of five like you just buy that you've got it that if in case somebody needs it for a set you can you can demand your price and if he pops off even better. Yeah. Like exactly. if you're getting it for $142 and he stinks, it's probably not going to go under $142. Yeah. That's, that's what I think about too. Like, Oh, if I buy this, how low will it get? And is there anything else that will hold the value of this besides the player performing? Yeah. And we're talking about a major, major set because Kesson hero was 2019. I believe tops heritage. Let me look that up. Um, but I believe he was 2019 Tops Heritage. And obviously that's, you know, Tatis, Vlad. Yeah. So, like, that's a major set that people are definitely going to want to. Like, if it's just a random, like, 2016, you know, Corey mm -hmm. Seager, whatever. It's like, yeah. Eh. But Fernando Tatis, Vlad Guerrero Jr., if you're going to want all those, that's a hefty that's a hefty set that people are going to want. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. All right. Um, now we're running a little bit late here. We've already gone 42 minutes. So I think maybe we save the top hundred for next time. Cause we would cover that. We could cover that for like another hour. Yeah. Or two weeks. <clears throat> we just nonstop yeah. talk about. It. So what I think we should do is if you have any names that are not top hundred guys, and I had a couple names that were top hundred guys. So I will remove them from my talking my talking list if we have any names that are not top 100 guys i think we should talk about them here and now um and uh i guess i'll start and give you a little bit of time to collect your thoughts here before before you have to move into this but my first guy and this is way out of left field Ooh. yes sir go for it i was oh, just okay. ooh, like ooh, ooh, ooh is Arstidas Aquino. And many of you are going to say, Arstidas Aquino, are you kidding me? And I would have said about a week ago, Arstidas Aquino, are you kidding me? And it's because somebody asked me in our YouTube live stream the other day what I thought about Arstidas Aquino, and I said to myself instantaneously, no, don't buy him, pass, that's ridiculous. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so the Reds just traded away Jesse Winker. They have a left field opening. They traded away Eugenio Suarez. They traded away Tucker Barnhart. They traded away... A bunch of pitching so like they have openings um pretty much the only things that are nailed down is like jonathan india and joey Votto. pretty much right so like they have mm -hmm. openings for players and arstidas aquino is the type of guy if you are a cincinnati reds team that you are going to want to give playing time to so it, whether it's dh or whether it's left field they're going to want to give him playing time because they're going to want to find out what he can actually do in a full season. Now, his stats, not great. First year in the league, 26.7% walk rate. Next year, 32%. Last year, 37%. Or strikeout rate, rate sorry. 26.7% K rate, 32% K rate, 37% K rate. Now, he has increased his walk rate. Like, 37% K rate is atrocious, but he also walked 13% of the time, which is really nice. But he only played 84 games. So for me, I'm saying to myself, all right, this dude hit 190, 299 on base. If he can get a full season of games in, 
you know, maybe he can hit 220. And then if his on base percentage is 110 points higher than 220, you know, we're talking about a 220, 330, and uh, 450, 480 guy, you know, something like that. Maybe he can get into the 800 OPSs based on his power. He plays in Great American Ballpark. That ballpark is tiny. Dudes can hit home runs all over the place. Mm. There's no reason Arstidas Aquino with a full season can't get to like 40 home runs. There's no, there's no reason he can't. And so for me, I'm like, this is a huge gamble. I probably wouldn't do it myself. But if you are a gambling person and you've got some money that you just want to be like, I want to see how much I can make, you can probably get a super, super, super cheap Arstidas Aquino, a nice Arstidas Aquino. Bank on some more playing time than what he got the last couple of years because, again, he's the perfect player for the Reds to play. ton of power. Get him in there. Get him hitting. If he hits a ton of home runs, fans are interested. They come to the game to see him hit some home runs, and then you can trade him away, and they can get prospects for him because some team's going to say to themselves, oh, our Stetis is a 40-home run hitter that we can insert into the middle of our lineup like a Jorge Soler or something like that. We'll trade a couple – mid-level prospects for him and uh, get that power into our lineup because we just lost out on, you know, say Jorge Soler gets injured. Marlins are good and Jorge Soler gets injured and they need somebody, you know. So um, I could see that happening pretty easily and I could see not huge money, but I could see somebody, this Arquino going on like a 10 home run, 13 home run month and people being like, oh my goodness, he's back. I got to drop $15 on this foil that you just bought for three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guys like that, when, when I see like, let's say I'm at a show or something where though the guys like that are like the, the hit or miss where it's almost like playing, you know, you put your money on the roulette table, black or white mm-hmm. or uh, not black or red 50, 50, it's going to go off 50, 50% chance. It's not. When I see them at the shows, those are the guys I like to throw in, in a deal when I'm making a deal that are just throw-ins like, Hey, yeah, let's make that deal. If you throw this card in where you don't, you know, like you would have been happy with the deal, even if that card wasn't thrown in, but if you can get one or two extra cards in, in the throw in, it's like, Oh, it's a gamble that I don't have to, to pay, pay for, for it. Technically. Uh, I we did that card collector two dollar bin searches, find a, find a Nick Senzel, got it thrown in with the deal. Um, short print, Nick Senzel short print. I'm like, you know, if he actually stays healthy ever, which he hasn't, and I don't know if he ever will. Um, if he ever stays healthy, I still think there's a productive player in there. And, uh, you know, there's there's interesting Reds players all across the board that just haven't gotten a moment to play or the health to play. And I think they could actually be a little bit more surprising than people think. Not the pitching side. The pitching is going to be atrocious. Um, they, they only have Luis Castillo and Tyler Maul left, and it's not going to be pretty. But there's position players there that could be like – what interesting mm-hmm. yeah i know there's gonna be a lot of playing time for a lot of people so they'll uh it'll be a sink or swim type of season for a lot a lot of that team mm-hmm. so i like that that was good that was fun. um i've got a number of other guys but uh if you have a guy you want to throw him out there yeah so uh i was just kind of going through my list again because there's so many fringe players that weren't on the top 100 that now snuck on to the new top 100 Mm-hmm. Uh, that was updated. Um, but I just went through my list on, on, a, on four that, that weren't, that didn't make the top hundred and two of them are kind of Homer picks, but classic, you know, even by, like non-biased opinion, I, I still like them. Dylan Dingler for the Tigers catcher, young catcher out of Ohio state. Second round. Liberation name. That's been. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> So he's one that I'm super impressed with seeing what, what he's been doing. And I think he fits in perfectly with the Tigers, that young talent. Um, another one for the Tigers is this kid called named Christian Santana, who oh, yep. was he's a not real the young Dodgers kid. Christian Santana. Nope. But the not Tigers Dodgers. Christian Santana. Yeah. Which is not the he's, Dodgers Christian Santana anymore, but it's the Reds Christian Santana. Exactly. So he's one that that I'm interested in in watching more um as well and then the third base third base christian sandana yeah i I think they're gonna they'll probably throw him out in in the outfield by the time he he gets 
older because he's he's okay. pretty big. He's like, yeah, he's a pretty big dude. Um, and then we have Logan O'Hope uh, with the Phillies. He's an interesting one because I was watching him in the Arizona League last year. Was very impressed. So he's one that I'm going to be watching throughout the year of seeing, okay, if let's see, like he's one that could easily be on the top 100 the next update when they do the list. Um, so he's one. And then there's this one kid that I, that I have really been keeping an eye on what is the Yankees pitcher, TJ Siekema, uh, S-I-K-K-E-M-A, first rounder, I think in 2019, um, or not first rounder, sorry. He was in the, the CBA 38th overall pick, but he's got a live arm, but he had an injury last last season so he kind of you know people forgot about him super high talent he and when i think about guys that that are not on the top 100 just to, to clarify with everyone i i make a list of players that i want to watch throughout the season because if you watch them throughout the season it's very easy to to determine or to to figure out who's going to be on that top 100 the following year by how they do this season so a lot of the guys i had on my list last year now are on the top 100 there's some that aren't but if you watch and watch their stats and fit in, it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to make that list again. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some that I'm just going to be watching this year. Uh, you know, among 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 uh, a bunch of other ones that I'm excited for. Cool, I like that. Logan O Hope, is it pronounced Hope? Because it looks like Hoppy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows. I never know pronunciations. And I, and I, I never know. And I'm always like, you know, you see a name, and you never hear it spoken. And then you're like, oh, I've been saying that wrong in my head for years. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hope, we're going to go with that. Well, that's pretty impressive. 299, 440, 520, uh, 299 average, 440 on base, 520 slugging for 960 OPS in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Sorry, one other one that is a biased opinion that this kid is impressed me, which he plays for the Tigers. And honestly, I wasn't it wasn't really even on my radar until this spring, which I heard a lot about him. But I was like, I don't know. He just it didn't click for me. But then I watched him in spring. Ryan Kreider, I think his name is, is how you say it. Oh, my gosh. Like he is going to be one of those guys without any hype prospect wise, doesn't really have any cards but could get called up and be like, like, whoa, where did this guy come out of? So, yeah, dude, um, I love those guys. Jonathan Lucroy was a guy like that. Exactly. We yeah. had a catching, we had a catching prospect ahead of him that retired at the age of like 24. Who was that? Uh, something angel or on hell, or I can't remember his name now. It's okay. so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, and a- um, Lucroy, Jason Kendall gets injured. Lucroy is the next man up. He comes up, and he never relinquishes that job until we trade him away. Mm-hmm. And it's like he was never a top hundred prospect, nothing like that. And yet he was one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, and also one of the best hitters, and set a record for the amount of doubles from a catching from the catching position in a year in baseball history and stuff. So, like, I love guys like that. But anyways, for me, my three guys. Um, we're going to start with Jeremy Pena Astros, not a top hundred guy. I believe I like that pick, um, on the top, on the top hundred list. At least I couldn't find him. If he is on here, that's on me for bringing him up, but I don't, I don't think I saw him now. He's a little bit older. He's 24 years old, shortstop third baseman for the Astros. And so he is a little bit older, 24 years. He's going to be 25 by the time September rolls around, which is a little bit more older than what you're looking to spend on a prospect like that. But in AAA last year, he hit 287 with a 346 on base and a 598 slugging, 26% better than the league average, 26% strikeout rate, which wasn't great, and 4.5% walk rate, which wasn't great. But 311 isolated power, really nice. 325 BABIP. He didn't get lucky by any means. And there's a big, big opening at shortstop in Houston. That dude hits. He can hit. He has some power to him. Yeah. 
He had 10 home runs in 30 games, 133 plate appearances. If you extrapolate that out, that's a 50 home run pace in AAA for a 162-game season if they played 162 games in the minors, which they don't. But, you know, 50 home run pace, you have a short porch there in Houston. So it's like there's some interest here where this is a pretty big-time hitter with a very open position. Very open position in Houston now that Carlos Correa is gone. Just just interesting. Interesting to me. Um, some concerns. Some concerns there about the strikeout rate and the walk rate going the wrong way as he increases levels. But, yeah, dude will get some playing time, and he's got some major pop. Yeah. So that's my first guy. My second guy is Owen White for the Rangers. So Owen White was a second-round draft pick a couple years ago. I was really excited about him, as I usually am with Rangers pro- uh, pitching prospects because they're usually pretty good at developing pitching. And they're also really good at making sure that their pitchers get injured. Jeez. And, like, every pitcher they get eventually goes through an arm surgery, like, within two years of drafting. Owen White was a little different. He went through surgery like the, either they shut him down after high school and didn't have him pitch, and then he got injured beginning of 2019 without having pitched in the minors, or he got injured in 2018 and then missed all of 2019, and then obviously 2020 with COVID didn't pitch. So he finally, despite getting drafted in 2018 in the second round, finally pitched his first time in 2021, a ball, 33 innings, 14 and a half strikeouts per nine. Only three walks per nine. Really good stuff out of him for his first taste of minor league baseball. All right, so Owen White, we had a little bit of a of a problem with an ad playing in the background there. So if this is a repeat, I'm sorry for everyone. But Owen White is an absolute stud, and he's up in the major in major league minor league or major league spring training and first inning of the year strikes out three guys up to 98 miles per hour. Fangraphs gives him a 50 future fastball, 60 future slider, 50 curve, 55 changeup, 60 command. The command is really interesting to me, but also the fact that he's up to 98 means he does not have a 50 fastball sitting 98 at the end of his third inning. And so that is more of like a 60 fastball probably. And if he has a 60 fastball, 60 you know, slider, stuff like that. It's going to be really fun. I'm really excited for him. And so Owen White's one of my last guys. And then my last guy of the day is Carson Williams. Uh, shortstop prospect, 18 years old for the Rays. He is a two-way player. He was a shortstop and a pitcher. He's got like a 70 arm out of 80. He was a pretty good pitcher. And you know how the Rays are willing to take chances on guys like that. Brendan McKay, obviously. Um, But he's a pretty, he's a, he's a 50 future hit, 50 game power, 55 speed, 55 field type guy. So he's pretty average across the thing, but he's got a massive arm. So he will stick at shortstop. He may hit enough. And especially in the lower minors, 18 years old, hit enough in the lower minors where he'll be really interesting. And if he can pitch some games and become like a Brendan McKay, Shoyotani, whoo, Ooh, sky's the limit on those prices, especially if he's hitting and playing shortstop and sticking there. And so for me, I'm talking like $35 Bowman Chrome autos that just came out of Bowman draft. It's hard to find $35 autos of position players. Yeah. Especially ones as talented as him. Like if he can just, he, he he's not a bad hitter. He's not, he doesn't have standout tools by any means, but he's not a bad hitter. He will stick at shortstop. He may be pitching. I like that upside. I think $35 for a base auto, that's a pretty easy play for me. And so Carson Williams is my last guy I'm interested in. I love it. I love it. There's just, oh, man, I'm excited, dude. Me too. It's going to be it's gonna be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. I cannot wait till opening day. Can't wait till opening day for minor leagues. It's coming up. Two weeks. It'll be here before we know it. Less than two weeks. 13 days? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Jimbo. Well, we should. Uh, it's we're directly at an hour, so I say let's cut it off there. Perfect. Uh, any last words? Nothing. Nothing. I'm just pumped, and I know. Uh, Want to say just as like as, as always, thank you for everyone that listens. We appreciate you, and shoot us any messages that anyone ever. Uh, if you got 
any questions or want to just talk baseball on our Instagram, Dingin Corners, um, or you can message me. That's fine too. And, and let's talk baseball. Yeah. I love it. And look out for um, more podcasts. I think we're going to try to do more than one a week coming up. Look out for whatnot baseball card stream nights. We're going to get those fired up. I've been gone for the last two weeks, so I haven't been able to have one in a couple weeks, but we're going to get those fired up. And then uh, maybe maybe we'll come up with something fun for opening day here. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really push this thing because we love talking baseball. If you guys are listening, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that you love baseball too, and that's our type of people. So, anyways, Jimbo, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And thank, uh, you. thank you, everyone, for listening on this Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you guys again next time.